Welcome to Design Your Life with Sandy. I am your host, Sandy Yang. I am a human design expert, brain rewiring certified coach, and a high 7D energy healer. On this podcast, we talk about all things personal growth, brain rewiring, human design, energetics, mindset, and so much more. Don't forget to connect with me on Instagram at Sandy L. Yang. I hope you feel empowered by what we talked about today. Let's dive in. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Happy autumn. We just had autumn equinox or fall equinox, however you call this season. We can all agree that it is pumpkin spice season, right? If you have been here for a while, you know that I love human design. It used to be the bulk of my business. It's really what got me started to begin with. On a personal level, learning about myself through the human design system was, I would say, the catalyst for me in stepping into my authenticity and building my confidence. In today's episode, we have Emma Dunwoody chatting about human design with me. I will be completely honest with you. Like sometimes I get so frustrated when I hear people talk about human design and they want to talk about all the gates and the channels and it can get very complicated very quickly. I just want people to like use systems like human design, astrology, you know, Enneagram and all that good stuff to empower them. Um, there's so much you can go into in your human design chart. But if you aren't discerning what you are learning for yourself or actually deliberately applying what you've learned, it's not going to take you very far. It's not going to do you that much good. Today's guest, Emma Dunwoody, has 17 plus years of experience as a certified human behavioral specialist and qualified human design coach. Emma is literally like one of those people who I actually respect in this space, I guess. She really goes out of her way and makes it a mission to make human design practical and accessible for everyone. She shares free information daily on Instagram, her website, and her top podcast, The Human Design Podcast. What I love about Emma is that she truly is a no bullshit type of healer slash coach. Like you will just see for yourself. What I will tell you though is that this conversation really will activate you. I do want to note that Emma and I talked about different energy types, authority, strategy, and profile. So if you're a human design newbie and you're like, what the heck are they talking about? They're speaking a different language. I will tag some Instagram posts that I've shared in the past as well as relevant human design related episodes that will help you understand what is an energy type, what is a strategy or authority, what does my profile mean? Um, so just know like if you are completely new to this, it will take a little bit to digest this information, but please, 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 if this calls to you, I really recommend looking to your human design, even just the basics. In this episode, you'll hear me share how my life has shifted, how I've kind of like gotten more clarity just leaning into the basic pieces without having a reading. 
But if you do want to dive deeper, I am so here for it and I'm here for you. I'm going to link everything you might need human design wise in the show notes. So make sure you check that out. Without further ado, I am going to let you enjoy this conversation. If you enjoy this episode or find it helpful in any way, I would really appreciate it if you share the podcast on social media. Tag me, tag Emma, so we know that you tuned in. Let us know what your biggest takeaways are. I kid you not, as creators, genuine feedback from the audience just feeds our soul. I don't know how else to put it, but it does. All right, friends, enjoy the episode. I know you will love this one, and I will see you on the other side. What is your profile, by the way? Uh, I'm a th- I'm a three five emotional MG. I love that. I don't. I'm a one three emotional projector, and I just bond really well with three fives. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I think the three five really is the um the profile that people are most drawn to, and it's because we fall down a lot. You know, we're really personal, and people um can relate or or people perceive that we can relate to them because we you know fall down a lot we learn a lot of lessons we you know are the the real embodiment of um you know making mistakes and getting to the other side of it so yeah three fives do tend to be that I always think I think um I think Brad Pitt is a three five and I always remember thinking like he's the same right he's I mean he's a projector but it's the same thing it's like he was always really popular, especially in my day, like because um, you know, he sort of started his career when I was young. Mm-hmm. And um he's very, you know, he's tried so many different things and some's worked and some hasn't. And there's always been that real approachable um uh, you know, thing about him, energy about him. And I really think that's the three five thing. Like he doesn't get punished so much by the public. And it's more because people are like, well you know, challenges stuff happens to him all the time, you know? So anyway. Huh, yeah. Okay. When you say three, five, like a public figure that comes to mind is Kim Kardashian and people just love and hate her at the same yeah. time. Before we keep going, um, because I'm sure you and I can talk forever, but um, today we're talking about human design when it comes to dating relationships and sex. Um, this is kind of like selfishly for me too because I'm curious um I get asked by like clans and you know friends about oh who should I date what kind of energy type what kind of profile and I'm just like anyone can work with anyone is really about like using human design to empower yourself and like use it as a tool to help you show up as your most magnetic self um, in those dynamics. Um, So before we keep talking, I would love for you, Emma, to introduce yourself to the audience. Yeah, sure, sure. So um, as I said, I'm a 3-5 manifesting generator with emotional authority. Um, I am a mother. I'm a wife. I'm an entrepreneur. Um, I'm a classic 3-5. I had an advertising career um, for 15, 17 years and loved it in my early twenties. And then was like, Oh shit, I really think I'm making the world a worse place, not a better place. So had that, that real, um, I have to transition into something that has meaning for me. Um, I was also diagnosed with depression and panic disorder at 28. Um, and given a diagnosis that I hear unfortunately way too often. And that is that I would have to live with depression and panic disorder for the rest of my life. That I'd learn to manage it, but I'd never heal it. 
And that wasn't an option for me back then at all. My The choices as I saw them was either, well, I just don't live a life because you know, I'm not going to live a, a life feeling like this all the time. Um, or I find a way to heal myself. So that was really the catalyst for me, uh, for who I am today. That took me down the behavioral road. I learned about um, uh, psychology, human behavior, neuroscience, um, quantum physics, like you name it. I went down there, down that rabbit hole. Um, and I did heal my mental health. I actually have this uh, moment, this memory. I was walking down the street uh, many years ago and it was probably in about my my early or mid thirties walking down the street and it just dawned on me, oh my God, I'm happy. This thing that I've been searching for for such a long time, it's here, like I've embodied. Um, and then that sort of went on because I then uh, decided, look, and I'd also been for a challenging relationship. So I'm happy to talk about relationships today. <clears throat> and realized that I have this way with with humans and change and that sort of thing. So I went and got uh, certified as a master coach. And as I was running my business, which is in corporate, working with like all the execs, C-level executives, um, running workshops, human design appeared in my life and a couple of times. And then I, I was like, hmm so identified with my mind, with knowledge. Um, although I always liked the more energetic, the woo, um, it wasn't something that I felt was part of, like I wasn't brave enough to share it in a, in a corporate business, you know? Same, same. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I made actually, I said to the universe after I walked the Camino de Santiago, which is an 800-kilometre pilgrimage, I was like, universe, I need your help. I need clarity around this purpose piece. I've done all these things. I've changed careers. I've healed my marriage. I've healed my body. I've healed my mindset. I've created this business that that I love, doing the work that I love, but I still have this hole inside of me. I need clarity around my purpose. And this is really where I, when I walked the Camino um, in 2018, where when I got back, human design was literally given to me over and over and over again. I was like, okay, universe, I get you. I'm going to do that. I'm going to, you know, I promise. So I actually had to start having all these conversations with my corporate clients because I went from getting good results or really good results with my corporate clients to getting excellent results. Because of course I was starting to talk about the human design, not just performance strategies, not just changing mindset or beliefs. It was this energetic piece that we know um, is super powerful with human design. And then, well, look, I kind of feel like I just followed my strategy and authority. Um, my podcast took on a life of its own. I, I had this very serendipitous story where I was um, in the shower where so many of my insights come from and I got this download and it was just this one, this one statement and that is you need to change the name of your podcast to the Human Design Podcast. And in that moment, my ego went crazy. It's like, who are you to do that? You don't know enough. There's all these people that have been doing it for years. You know, you're going to mess it up, like all of that ego crap. But I was like, well, I'm doing the experiment. So I've got something, it's an idea. So I can't action it because I'm, I'm an MG. I can't, I have to respond from something external. So I wrote it down in my journal that night. And literally the next day, a mentor of mine who I'd introduced to human design. And interestingly, he was very, um, you know, he's one of the, the main trainers where I trained. So I always saw him as this very um, intellectual, knowledgeable um person and I introduced him even though I felt uncomfortable and scared like he was going to judge me in some way for this woo-woo thing I introduced him to human design and he was blown away 
And the day after I had this insight, he literally said to me, Emma, someone needs to do this human design podcast well because no one's doing it. And I was like, well, there it is. That's my authority. I mean, that's my strategy. It's literally, it's gone from an idea in my mind to someone external of me literally giving me something to respond to. So changed the name of my podcast. Everything within my business started to just become more and more um, human design focused. And honestly, I feel like between the podcast and the business and everything that I train and teach, everything just has a life of its own now. And because I'm in alignment with my design. That is a beautiful story. And I know you said you had a struggling time with kind of like putting that woo side of you out there being like yeah that's what I like am into um because you identify with you know your intelligence and logic and science and I'm like yeah I feel the same way and um I used to work in tax accounting so like I was terrified when I started my business um I was like oh my god people are think I'm fucking psycho but like when it's in alignment um it really does take on a life of its own. Like I connected with, you know, people I went to high school with that I didn't even work, you know, I weren't even friends with. So um, yeah, it reconnected me with a lot of people. So that's like really beautiful. And yeah, just like other connections as well. Can I, can I, could I just jump in really quickly? Cause there's something you said that's so important. Um, I love what you said is it's like when you're in alignment, everything just works out. And I think that this is the biggest key is that when we learn human design, it gives us the opportunity to be in alignment. And the difference is, is that when we're working on our mindset without human design, there's, it's like we're missing a level of certainty that we're, that we're almost allowed to be this way. Um, and that's, I think, the biggest piece, you know, because when we see our design, we're like, oh, my God, all of those things that I feel inside of me, all of those things that I, I think I know but I'm not brave enough to do, um, we know that there's this level of truth. And what happens is that let's say we've always been afraid to have a certain conversation, you know, maybe with a partner or, you know, dating. When we're aligned to our design, those things aren't so challenging. They're just not like, it's like you might go in and your ego is like, oh, this is going to be an awful conversation. I really don't want to have this, but you're coming from a place of maybe you're a generator type, you're responding or doing all the right things. Then all of a sudden these really challenging things become so much more effortless and so much more flow in flow, you know? And I think that's why I had the experience with human design. Like as long as the fear was keeping me not having the conversation, it did feel clunky and awkward and like people were going to judge me. But the moment I was like, well, screw it. Like I'm doing the experiment and I just have to follow my strategy and authority. Then all of a sudden all these, like I'm talking like masculine fortune 500 men who run these big businesses and they were like, tell me more tell me more, tell me more. And I'm sure it was because I was in alignment. So I think that that's really, really cool. I just wanted to pick up on that piece because it's so important. Yeah, I love I love how you emphasize that it is an experiment. Um, when I first saw human design, I really did not like it. I was like, what does it mean to have to wait for the invitation? Like, I cannot just wait around. I'm a go-getter. How am I supposed to start a business? Um, so when I learned especially like with the emotional authority, I'm like, is it saying I'm too emotional? And like in a world where people are, you know, always trying to like move fast and make decisions quickly, you know, that whole listening to your gut or what does your gut say never resonated to me. Um, I was like, yeah, I don't feel anything. So um, even just from like a decision making standpoint, um, 
having the authority piece to guide me, that is like by itself life-changing. Yeah, I totally agree. I think, you know, because I'm I'm actually a split definition. I have um, the 3420 and I've got the, the 3740. So I have these, one part of me is really fast, one part of me is slow. So for m- many years before human design, I was trying to like, hurry up the slow part of me. I was like, come on, you know, there's something wrong with me. I need to go faster. I need to, you know, like I'm total, well, especially in my early personal development days, like junkie for Tony Robbins. So I'm like, I have to make lots of decisions, fast decisions, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Um, so human design really helped me go, okay, I there's so much within my specific chart that's a paradox. Like um, everything, like, like I'm fast and slow, I'm intellectual and I'm feeling, you know, like there's all of these real paradoxes in my chart. And what's so powerful about that is that we stop criticizing ourselves for the pieces that we perceive we have to change and we start working with our truth. And the moment we do that, that's when everything really transforms in your life. Absolutely. It's like breaking the mold. We all need to just break our own individual mold so that we can be in alignment with our truth. Yeah, um, I have a question for you about being in alignment. I personally, it's like one of those words in wellness that people just overuse so much, but I respect the way you say it. Um, In my opinion, um, it's like you're never just always in alignment or you're just completely not. You're probably somewhere in the middle and you're always striving to be more in alignment and make space to go do that. Um, So if you have to tell someone who feels really stuck uh, they feel completely out of alignment. How would you recommend them to go about it? Oh my God, I love this question. So one of the things I'm saying all the time, because I also agree in the wellness world, we're talking about this alignment piece and the human design world, they talk about it a lot. And people will say, if it doesn't feel good, don't do it. And I'm I'm here to say bullshit, absolute bullshit. The human brain wants to feel good. Yeah, it, it wants it's gonna keep you. Exactly. It wants easy. It wants safe. It wants you to stay the same. So the the better question for all of us is how do you know when you're out of alignment or out of your comfort zone? Mm. This is the big piece that people don't understand is that growth is uncomfortable because change is happening. The human brain or the unconscious mind doesn't like change. So it's going to be uncomfortable, the end, but it's going to be less uncomfortable when we're in alignment. So what that means is that we're learning to trust our own internal guidance system. We're learning to trust our authority. We're learning to, that that um, sometimes we're going to get it wrong. You know, this is the other piece I think that people are afraid of is that they're afraid to, like people who are stuck, they're afraid to take action. It's really that simple. So one of the things I'll say is like, you know what? You've been doing your strategy and authority all your life. Probably not perfectly, probably not even well, but that's okay. You've already been doing it. You've already been getting it wrong. So why not risk it wrong just in case you get it right? And this is the piece that if people are stuck, go and take imperfect action. Just do something because way too often in the wellness world, we spend too much time in our head. And with human design, we need to integrate everything into the body. So one of the reasons why I've 
you know, experienced so much success in my human design as a human design teacher is because I'm like, well, just take imperfect action. Just get it wrong. Like get out, out, out of your head. And it's all about getting people back into their bodies and running that experiment. So ultimately, if there's people out there and you feel stuck, the better questions you want to ask yourself are things like, well, what is something I can do to get me closer to the person I'm becoming? And that might be a new strategy because it's in your head and you're, you're not meant to take action. But oftentimes we need to get the energy moving. Um, if you're a generator type, and you feel stuck, then you need to go and f- move your physical body. Like go and move it. If you're an MG, sweat. You know, if you're a projector, a reflector, or a manifester, it's the same. Like if you feel stuck, then physically do something that feels like you're moving that energy again. Go and do some yoga, do some qigong. Um, you know, like actually move your physical body. And this, in many times, will get you unstuck. And it's because you're getting out of your mind, which is keeping you paralyzed, and back into your physical body, which is actually your guidance system, which is connected to source. And then stuck doesn't happen so much. I love that so much. Um, yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying. Um, I, When you were talking, I was like thinking of this quote, like don't hope for a life without problems, hope for a life with problems you want to solve. So like, yeah, yeah. Um, we get stuck, you know, sitting in anxiety, like not taking action, but like, you know, like we're always just going to like make mistakes and fuck up. So why don't we just like, start doing more of that and stop like worrying exactly and you'll know like then you'll know how your authority feels like too many times people are like um I can't do anything until I understand my sacral or my spleen or what uh uh, you know um being self-directed is Mm, bullshit you can just give it a shot and when you give it a shot then you know what works and what doesn't work and that in itself is the power you know like you are the guru they sit inside of you. You can't sit in your head and access your magic. You've got to get into your body. You've got to get connected to source. Um, yeah, it, it's it's really, really important. Yeah. Um, with getting into your body, what are your favorite practices to for your clients and yourself? Yeah. So for me, um, especially because I'm an MG, so MGs are really designed to sweat. Um, one of the things that I've discovered over the years is, um, the best thing for me is to get uncomfortable, you know? So, um, I will do a hike. Um, there, there's a really beautiful hike where I live. Um, and I always go the hard way, even though my mind is like, oh my God, I don't want to do that. Like the minute, <clears throat> the minute I get outside of my comfort zone, then my energy starts flowing, right? Generators are the same. They want to move their physical body. Um, and, and, when it comes to what to do, it's all about what you feel good doing. It's not about what someone else feels good doing because if we look at our chart, like I'm an MG, um, so I have a lot of energy, but I also have um, a right arrow in my environment. So I have a body that wants to be passive a lot of the time. So the way my exercise looks is I get up early, I do, you know, I hike, I go to my personal trainer. I've even said to my personal trainer as much as I was like, I really don't want to admit this. I remember saying, I don't want to admit this to you. But I get so much being pushed out of my comfort zone. I get so like the how I feel on the other side of that is really good because I've run the experiment. Um, you know, with with projectors and reflectors and um, uh, 
where have I got a manifest is. Um, it's super important, again, that you run your own experiment. Don't just assume that you don't have energy, especially if you, you're one of those, uh, if you're a, a manifester or a projector that has a defined root center, you need to move your physical body. Like you need to get it out and move that physical body because that is a motor that wants to burn energy. So a lot of the ways I would say, find out what lights you up. And it's not always going to look like you think it's going to look like, um, oh, well, you want to go to yoga and you just feel really beautiful. I hate um, going to yoga. <laughs> I, I love, love that. stretching though, like going on a walk, like ideas just start flowing and like, yeah. Yeah. And like sleeping even honestly. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Like people are like, Oh, I, I like going to yoga. I'm like, no, it's fucking slow. And I'm not paying $30 <laughs> for this trip. <laughs> yeah. And that, and that's it. You know, it's like really getting to know yourself well enough. Like what are the things that feel good when your body does them? Um, you know, yoga I've tried to do for many years and I've, I've done lots of it, but you know, not really, really well. Whereas hiking, I could hike and hike and hike. And um, even the way I work with my PT, like all the strength training that I do, um, I don't love it while I'm doing it, but my God, I feel good after it. So it's like running your experiment to discover what feels feels really good in your body. And oftentimes we can use our signature. So of course, me being an MG, my signature is satisfaction. So I'll often be like, do I feel satisfied? I feel satisfied. Yeah. feel really good. Projector. Do I feel successful? Um, do I feel peaceful for the manifestors? Um, you know, do I feel surprised for the reflectors? Like use the tools that human design gives you um, as feedback loops, if you like, like, okay, this works for me because I feel a real sense of satisfaction. I loved doing it. Um, and now I'm, I feel really good about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is incredible. Um, okay. So dating relationships, sex, um, I feel like there's just topics that get people very into their heads and get a lot of overthinking going on. So when it comes to like, feeling empowered, getting um, your confidence back in those areas. Which part of the human design chart do you think people should be focusing on? I love that. This is a great question. So at the end of the day, if you want to have an amazing relationship, then it's you that you need to focus on, not the other person. Okay. Um, my husband and I are coming up to um, 22 years married. Uh, we've walked to um, the edge twice and where we were like, yeah, screw this. We're out taking a separation on one of them, um, you know, went down the road of divorce on the other. And one of the really big things that I want everyone to hear is that a successful relationship, which is like, we now have the forever relationship. And I'm in um, my husband is a six, two. So a line six, they're on the planet. They're on the planet to find their soulmates, but they can be really challenging early on in life because they project all their crap onto their partner. Um, and I'm a line five. So I've got that projection field and gratefully, as we navigated through um, the challenges, the biggest piece was that we were both listening to our own strategy and authority. Okay. So my head was like, run, get out of there, like leave, like just, this is it, just go. Whereas every day I was checking in and my body's like, mm-mm, mm-mm. Mm -mm, you're not going. And I was like, oh, well, maybe my emotional wave will all of a sudden tell me go. And it just never did. It always said stay. So the first thing within relationship is all about learning to trust yourself. Okay. So the simplest thing to understand through the frame of human design is what is your strategy? What is your authority? Practice it. 
and trust it. Now, there are things within human design that are going to, within the chart, that are going to impl- uh, um, impact a relationship. We do have things, um, we have like a, it's called a harmonic profile. So if your line number has its matching line number in the high, in the other trigram, so the upper trigram or the lower trigram, I'll explain in a minute, um, then this this becomes a harmonic profile what that means when you have a harmonic profile is that there is a sense of resonance okay because let me give you the example i'm a three five my husband is a six two so i have the line three so the top line in the lower trigram he has the top line in the upper trigram so there's going to be resonance between those two line numbers i do it through experience he does it through his own um, wisdom and experience. Okay. Then I'm a line five in the, so that's the, the middle one on the top trigram. Mm-hmm. And he is a line two, which is the middle one on the lower trigram. So there's a resonance between those, those two line numbers. Okay. There's similarities that sit within there because of where they sit in the trigram. So if we have a, a harmonic profile, it can be, I mean, my personal experience and working with clients, um, that can make life a little bit more easy. However, I, there's a massive caveat here because one of the things that I do not subscribe to on any level is that there is a good chart for you and a bad chart for you. Like that's Same. total bullshit. Yeah. And I actually had, um, I was talking to a proper, what I call old schooler. He's been in human design for for decades. Um, and he actually said to me, we were going through the connection charts and he said to me, um, we were talking about how um, a, a dominance channel, so one of the partners has a, a full, um, it's not a dominance channel, oh, my God, the name of it's just left me. But anyway, one member of the, one um, person within the relationship has the full channel and the other one has like one of the gates. Mm-hmm. And we were specifically talking about the 2838, which is the channel of struggle, okay? Mm-hmm. And he said to me, if you're in a relationship with a with a 2838 and you have the 28, get out. And I was like, mm, that's my marriage. That's a no. <laughs> that like uh, no. And it was in that moment that I was like, yeah, that's total bullshit. As a behavioral coach, you're just creating belief systems that you're going to then abide to. The biggest thing to understand and, and the solution that I came up with in this situation is that it's the gate of the fighter that can be challenging. So his gate of the fighter is influencing me, okay? And all I needed to do was go, oh, God, it's not my fight. So I have this little mantra that if I ever feel like I'm kind of getting sucked in, and it's not like we were fighting, it was that he will be fighting about something, some article he read or, um, you know, he he's trying to get the kids to, to understand something or whatever it is. And I would literally just go, oh, it's not my fight. And the moment I tell my brain, it's not my fight. It's like, cool, I'm out. You know, it's not my energy. I've no, I've got no responsibility with this energy. And this is the piece that no matter our design, the better we get at human design and living to uh, in alignment with our truth and then understanding our partner's truth, then everything can be really, really simple. I know um, we had a big shift because I, as I said, I'm an MG, he's a projector. Um, he had the big corporate job. I stayed at home with the kids. Um, what happened is we ended up flipping it and so happy, you know, like everything's really happy. So 
my simple answer is if you're going out and you're looking for someone amazing, be really connected to who you are on the inside. Understand your design. Who do you want to grow into? Who do you want to become? What's the impact you want to have on planet Earth? Um, These are the much better questions because oftentimes we look forward and say, I want this partner and I have this list of all the things that I want this partner to have or be. Um, But we don't focus on ourselves and that's why you don't attract the person that you want because if you've got a long list of all the people that of all the the attributes then you have to ask yourself a very important question and that is who do I need to be to be in relationship with this person in the list because at the end of the day that's how we do it and our being in alignment with our design trusting our strategy and authority because our strategy and authority will take us to the right person as long Mm -hmm. as we've done the work on us no, I totally agree. I um, was in a very long relationship. And at age 30, I'm like, okay, let's try out the dating apps. Um, I am also like a coach and I understand, you know, our subconscious and our behavior and obviously human design also do energy work. So um, I don't know. In dating, is very interesting. Like I find people almost get addicted to talking about how they had so many bad dates. And I'm like, well, you know, if you're just having bad dates after bad dates, then, you know, you might want to look at yourself. The only, you know, common denominator is you. So I love what you yeah. just said. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I just, I'm, can I just say something to that as well? Because it's really, really important. Um And it's funny, like, I'm so aware of this all the time. I tell everyone I possibly can, like, one of the things to understand, right, and you, I'm sure you've already told your listeners this, is that what you focus on is what you're going to get. Now, human beings, we actually connect over drama. Um, And so what happens is people constantly tell stories about all the bad dates that they're on or they've been on because they don't have resourceful connection in their life. Like, that's why they're looking for the partner, right? So what they're actually doing is creating all of this unresourceful connection. Poor me. I keep getting these douchebags. I don't like this guy's an idiot. Um, She just was not what she looked like in the photo, blah, blah, blah. But it's actually you that's calling that in because of the stories that you're telling. So the biggest thing you need to do is like, if you're looking for connection, if you're on a dating app, you're looking for connection, right? And human beings, we need um, every single relationship we have, whether it's with um, an intimate partner or a pen, we're filling up six core needs. And that is certainty, uncertainty, connection, significance, growth, and contribution. Every single thing, relationship we have, we have to fill them up. Now, what happens is that first we'll try unconsciously to do it resourcefully. But if that doesn't happen, because most of us weren't actually taught, let's say, because we're talking about connection, how to connect and show love and be intimate in a resourceful way in our families, because most people um, are probably come from a dysfunctional family. And when I say most, we're probably talking like 60, high 60 percentage. It could even be higher than that, maybe 70%. That means that there's dysfunctional attachment styles going on. And everyone's like, well, I don't know how to create connection in a resourceful way. So I'm just going to tell all these drama stories because that's what I know. So the big thing we have to understand is we have to get to a place where we can, okay, well, what's resourceful connection look like to me? Being supported, being listened to, being understood. Awesome. Well, I better start doing those things for me. I better be that person now. So if you go onto a dating app and you have all these bad experiences, don't be telling all the bad experiences. Be saying things like, I'm really grateful that didn't work out because I don't think we're 
that's not a good guy. Um, be focused on what is working, what you do want, who you want to become um, and do the work on yourself, heal yourself. Because if you're attracting people that let's say you don't want to be attracting, you're probably actually attracting the design of your parents, you know, and it's this, the, the dysfunction that was in your relationship. Um, like I literally married my mother. I literally <laughs> married my mother. And, and one of the things that's so challenging about that is like, I'm still, I'm still challenged by my mother, my mother today. Whereas um, a lot of our sort of relationship challenges was that he went through a massive shift and change, but I didn't like push him in that direction. I didn't tell him he had to be different. I actually stood up and said, I can't do this. This is who I am. This is what I need. I'm doing the healing on me. And that was what he needed to help him to do the healing on him. So at the end of the day, if you're attracting people that you don't like, then you're probably doing it from your conditioning and you're doing it in an unresourceful connection. So you want to start learning and building the muscle around what resourceful connection is for you. Yeah, for sure. Um, when you were talking I was also thinking like, this is why we need to practice uh, following our strategy and authority because so many people be asking their other single friends like, oh, what do I reply to this? Right? Go, I'll go out uh, with this person again. It's like the blind leading the blind. Like that mm -hmm. is not helpful. Um, so it's like tuning into yourself. Like is this like who you want to like build something with or like you have something to gain from this um, really will just like make things a lot easier yeah. for you. Yeah, 100%. And I love what you said. Like you are the expert on you. Way too many times people are asking their friends for advice. Like do your friends have the, the relationship that you want? Then great, listen to them because if they have what you want, listen to them. But in most cases they don't. Don't take advice from people that don't have what you want. You know, this is why we want to build the relationship with ourselves, with our strategy and authority, because the, our strategy is the universe speaking to us. Our authority is our soul, our spirit, us speaking to us, our wisdom. And between those two things, they're going to put us where we need to be to find the people. When I met my husband, it was so serendipitous. Like I was working in Ibiza. I was having a great time, but I'd made a promise to, to my um, godmother who lived in London that I would do this part-time job for her, for a friend. Um really long story that I won't go into, but I met my husband there. And literally three days after I met him, I was like, oh shit, this is the one. So not that I knew my strategy and authority back then, but that's what I was always really good at in relationship was like, I'm not listening to the noise. I'm not interested in what anyone else tells me. I'm just following my gut. And at the time I didn't realize that that was my emotional authority. I didn't realize that was my sacral telling me something, but this is the piece. That's why you have to become your own authority because if someone doesn't feel right and it's not, you think they don't feel right you feel they don't feel right, depending on your authority, then they probably don't. But if they feel good and your mind's going, uh, I don't know, I don't think so, da, 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 you have to learn to go, well, I'm not going to listen to you, mind. I'm just going to just go on another date. I'm just going to see what happens because my authority is telling me hang in there because oftentimes your mind's going to tell you one thing and your body's going to tell you another. So you have to learn to trust the body over the mind. Yeah, totally. And um, I will just share like, Recently, I went on a second date with someone and I look at this person. I'm like, I kind of just want to like keep going out with this person and see what happens. I 
by no means see this person as like a long-term partner, but I'm just like, this feels good and I want to keep going and just see where it takes me. I love that. Are you a line four by any chance? No, I'm a one three. Oh, you did say. And what about, do you know, I suppose you don't really ask on a first date people's human design, but see, this is a great example. Like if you're a line four, oftentimes you're going to enter relationships from a place of friendship. So if you're like, well, there's not, the sparks aren't there. Well, they might come later, you know, and from a human design point of view, sparks are what we call electromagnetics. So all that's telling us is that you've got a lot of hanging gates um, in your chart that match up with this person's hanging gate. Okay. And all that's happening is opposites attract. And the big question is, can you, and this is why, you know, so many people will say like, oh, we're so attracted, but we don't work together is because electromagnetics bring us together, but they never keep us together. They will tend to push us apart. The difference will ultimately push us apart. So we have to learn to go, okay, how do we work with this as opposed to against this? Because you know that old saying, it goes something like um, the things that you were first attracted to was cute and sweet um, within a relationship are the things that actually, actually drive you crazy later. This is electromagnetics. So um, like my husband and I, we had lots of sparks right at the beginning, but we don't have a lot of electromagnetics. Um, but we do have this harmonic profile. So with human design, the other thing, um, and, you know, we might get to this, so cut me off if, if you don't want me to go here yet. But the other thing to understand is if you have a defined sacral or an undefined sacral. Okay. Because if you have a defined sacral, you're basically setting the sexuality theme. Okay. Whatever your sexual drive is, whatever um, you know you like in the bedroom or in the park, whatever the whatever, um, each to their own. You're setting the theme for the relationship. If you have an undefined sacral, your sexual drive and the things that you um, like and don't like, they're going to ebb and flow depending on who you're with because you're going to take in other people's energy, amplify it and reflect it back. Whereas a defined sacral, like this is who I am, this is what I like. And it's not to say that they won't try different things. Um, you know, like a line six is going to go through different, like three very different um, uh, uh you know, stages in their life. So that's going to shift it or a line three, for example, you know, they, they're going to want to have different experiences. Um, but what's really important to understand is just if your cycles defined or undefined, you're either being influenced or um, the influencer around that sexual energy. Okay, this is very interesting. Um, so I am obviously an undefined sacral. My sacral is very active, though. Um yeah, so I like when I watch shows like Sex and the City, and I like talk to my other friends who are probably generators. I just feel like everybody has a higher sex drive than I do. Yeah, yeah, and this is because this is because you have an undefined um, sacral. You know, it can really feel that way. And if you're around people, that the one of the things with a generator type, so a generator or a manifesting generator, um, especially if they have the gate 34 or the whole channel, the 3420, um, they can literally be like, oh, I'm not interested in sex because I'm busy working. You know, like I want to work. So the sex drive just goes down. Um, sometimes they might actually be busy having sex. You know, that might be what they want to do. So the the work and the, the intimacy piece can flip and change for them as well. So you're going to actually notice different things with different people. And it's going to be different depending on what gates you have activated in the sacral. So what you want to like for you is just be curious because 
when you um, are feeling that sort of sexual energy and with a generator and manifesting generator, like when you're in alignment, in many cases, a yes, when your cycle says yes, you actually feel turned on. Like generators will feel really turned on at, at something. And again, people don't really talk about it. And it's hilarious. As soon as I'm running any closed programs, people are like, do you feel turned on when it's a yes? Like, yeah, that's a thing. Like, and it could be like, do I want a peanut butter sandwich? Why does my peanut butter sandwich feel sexy? This isn't okay. No way. Like 100%. This is how the sacral works. Like when it's turned on, it's turned on. Um, But again, we live in a society where we repress these things. And so we've made it wrong. We've made it dirty. We've made it not okay. But generator types are literally designed to feel turned on to things. Even it's not like they want to like, you know, they love gardening and they want to go and have sex in the garden. It's not about that. It's like they feel really turned on to it's life. like that turn- dopamine, like, really. Exactly. Like, I want to pursue. Like, I'm turned on exactly. by life. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and like, intimacy and um, sexual energy, this is all changing as we move towards the the new paradigm anyway because we're moving from a really – like this old story of man and woman, um, you get married, uh, have kids, stay together forever, to a really individualistic time, a time where we can, we're more about intimacy than sex. We're more about um, the freedom of our spirit than we are about building a family. Um, and these are the things that we can already see starting to shift and change as we get closer to the new paradigm in, in 2027. Um, but, I mean, Ra Uruhu, who brought all of this information in, he talked a lot about how, um, you know, people might not even want to have sex much at all in the new paradigm because all they really want is deep, intimate connection, whether it's with another person, whether it's with the work that they do, whether it's um, with their family, like it's all shifting and changing. And, and if you even look out um, in, and because we've been living under the, the paradigm that we're just coming out of now, we're living under the 30, the 3740, right? Which is all about love and marriage. It's all, all about um, monogamy. It's about, you know, the commitments and, and all of those sort of things where we're going to this really individualistic time where it's going to be more, um, you know, whatever floats your boat. And if you think about what we're seeing now with the transformation of sexuality and sexual identification, it, this is exactly what's happening. It's like, we're in this time, we're making it okay to be whoever, whatever you want to be. And if you want to change your mind, change your mind, who cares? So this really is the world that we're moving to. And it doesn't make monogamy and, and that sort of thing wrong. It just doesn't make anything wrong. We're, we're breaking those rules and we're going to live in a more individualistic world and not take advantage individualistic in a way where I feel fulfilled. I feel loved. I feel connected. I feel all of these things. So I have so much to give to the rest of the world. So, yeah. I love that. That sounds like an exciting time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. At, I'm at this age where, you know, my family is like, why aren't you getting married? And are you going to buy a house? And blah, blah, blah. Have kids? I'm just like, that sounds very restricting. Yeah. Yeah. And this is as we're moving to the new paradigm, like, we have to be prepared to blow up the rules. I mean, I've always been crap at living a life that other people want me to live. That's not my jam. That's not how I am as a human. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is becoming the norm, you know, like this 3420 energy is really heavily self-empowerment energy. So we're going to be living under this self-empowerment energy. We're also living with going to be living with um, the 59 and the 55 as our governing energies. And that's the gate of abundance and the gate of intimacy. So 
you know, abundance is all about. We're going to be living in a time where, although we mightn't be able to imagine it right now, 10 years from now, we're going to have resources like you wouldn't believe. As long as humans continue to, you know, those of us, I mean, obviously people listening to your podcast, as long as we're doing the work to raise our consciousness and help those around us to raise their consciousness, we're going to live in a time where resources are rife we have more than we need um but we don't have the the patriarchy we don't have the um authorities we don't have the hierarchy that's all breaking that's why we live in chaos right now it's all breaking down and and oftentimes people will say like to me like what do you think about i don't know wherever there's a power trooper who's trying to take more power you know whether it's i don't know trump or fauci or whatever and i'm like it it doesn't matter like it doesn't matter because um it's force it cannot sustain. And as we move into this new paradigm, what we have to be doing is really learning who are we and what's correct for us. Because as long as we can make decisions for ourselves, instead of relying on authorities that tell us they have our best interests, but actually don't, we can actually rely on ourselves as the authority. Then we're going to navigate through to a beautiful time, a beautiful time in, in human history. Okay. Um, I love what you just said, because um, I feel like I'm also someone who is like naturally very rebellious. I don't like, I'm bad at following rules. If like I have an authority at work, we like do this. I'm like, but I don't want to. Um, So I like what you said about like knowing, you know, like having a vision for like what you want out of life and like make your own rules, like follow your own rules, like fuck other people's rules, like as appropriate, of course. Okay, I am curious. Um, I'm a one three, so like everything I do and like want to do kind of like comes from within, like what will serve me. But let's say like, what if someone is like a five one, where you know they're kind of like naturally more kind of just like thinking about what the world wants from them. How do they? How does yeah. all that apply to them? Yeah, I love that. So what's really interesting is it's the same but different, right? So you know that it's your journey first. As a one, three, especially both lines on the lower trigram, it's all about you. It's self-focused and not self-focused in an arrogant, egotistical way, but a this is my journey. Um, and oftentimes I'll use the metaphor of a, a personal profile, which is a small number first versus a transpersonal profile, which is the, the large number first. If you think about um, a depression journey, Okay. The, the personal. So for me, I'm a, I'm a three, five, you're a one, three. If we're depressed, then we have to go on our journey. We have to heal ourselves. We focus on our healing, but let's say you're a five, one or a six, two. Um, what's going to help you is you go and find someone else who's depressed and you help them. You might go read the books, you might do the training, whatever, and you go help them. And then what you're going to notice is once you've helped that person heal, all of a sudden you're healed through that process. So one of the big things to understand is if you've got that transpersonal profile is just to allow the universe to, you know, take you to the people. You know, one of the things I see with my husband all the time as a transpersonal is all the big shifts in his life have come because I've done something or I've said something or I've initiated something. Um, and that's like, that's been the catalyst for him. And what's really interesting from a, like a deconditioning point of view, like he didn't like being told what to do either. And not that I've ever necessarily told him what to do. So he had to go on his own journey of going, oh, no one's actually telling me what to do. I'm just resisting for the sake of resisting. So if you have that transpersonal profile, just be like, okay, 
I'm curious to where the universe takes me and the people and what are they teaching me? What am I learning? Um, because that's going to be helping you grow and evolve as well. I love that. And I would say the profile piece for me is my favorite piece in human design. It just, I see it as how we shine the world and it just gives us so much direction in how to live our purpose. I love your interpretation and I'm just like blown away. Like, wow, you know a lot. I do know a lot. And the, the, the biggest thing for me is I sort of look back like as in my childhood, like I was diagnosed with dyslexia in grade two. So I just perceived that I was stupid and I never made any effort to learn. I didn't read. I didn't even read my first novel till I was 31. Um, and now I look back and and what I know, and I've got an undefined head and Ajna, right? And I'm not a line one. Um, so this is the thing. This is why I always want people to answer the question, like, what's true for you? Don't just take the knowledge and, and like take, you know, move away from one dogma, dogma, which might be Christianity or it might be, you know, mindset coaching and jump into another one that's human design. You actually, you want to do the experiment. You want to know what's true for you because, yeah, I thought I was stupid for the longest time. Um, turns out I'm not. Turns out I'm actually on the genius scale, but it's that I wasn't I didn't know how to access the information, how to learn the inf information. And I'm a line three. So as soon as I started to understand that I would have a life experience and then I'd be like, ah, that's how it works or that's what I've got to do with it or that's what's different. Um, this is where I got access to my genius, you know, and this is what we all have. We all have it inside of us. And oftentimes, especially especially around knowledge and and learning and knowing, and, and there's plenty of human design people that know a lot more than me, but one of my specific gifts, you know, in the, in the gate 43 is making the complicated simple so people can get it. Um, and I think one of the pieces to understand is that I'm just confident in me. I'm not confident in what I know. I'm not confident that I can have all the answers. As I said, I'm undefined in the head and the Ajna, but what I do know is I'm a manifesting generator. I can respond to questions. Um, I do know that I have plenty to, to give. I do know that I can serve. I do know I can change lives. I do know all the things that I do know because I focus on the evidence. I focus on what I do know, what I want, who I want to become, what's the impact I want to have. I ask myself better questions. And as long as I'm focused on those things and I experiment with my design, we all have access to this. It's it, it's all just in us. It's just how we access it and build the trust to to follow it. Yeah, totally. Um, I feel like there's infinitely more you can go into in human design, but like it's really just like the few big pieces that you really need to just like master that unlocks everything else. And um, yeah, some people can get really stuck on like, oh, I have gate 38 or whatever and that sounds like a scary name I'm just like well you know like don't let a system like this scare you like only you know what's true for you um so yes. yeah I like what you said about being your own authority being your own guru um I <laughs> so you know how like most like guys don't really get too deep into this stuff like women do and um one guy was like okay so like with all the astrology stuff, the human design stuff, like, isn't it just bullshit? I'm like, yeah, but sometimes I, it really empowers people, like knowing like how this true version of yourself, more empowered version of yourself looks and feels like. Um, it can really like turn something on for you. And he's yeah. like, well, isn't that just like confirmation bias then? I'm like, your whole life is a confirmation bias. So you might yeah. as well like, choose what you want to believe and what you want to like find confirmation in. 
Yeah, hundred percent. I love what you just said, and it's really important. So, um, a couple of things. Um, so part of my background as well as I'm certified in a number of different personality and behavioral profiling tools. Okay. And the way that we do Myers-Briggs or we do DISC or we do um, Enneagram or whatever it is, is we answer questions. Okay. So we're answering from our mind. And if we've got a good facilitator or we've set up properly, we're going to be answering as best we can from the unconscious mind, not the conscious mind. If we answer from the conscious mind, then the gap's going to be bigger. But the point is we then have this gap. We all have this gap. It's called cognitive dissonance. The gap between who we are really and who we think we are. What human design does is it just minimizes that gap. You know, Mm -hmm. it minimizes that gap. There's no more, there's less we can bullshit to ourselves about. But to go to that piece that you talk about, yep, lots of guys. I mean, I have a, I reckon I probably have one of the, for the women out there teaching human design, one of the higher male followings. And it's because I'm very pragmatic. I'm, and I'm, you know, I am science based. But one of the things to understand is like, and, and why people don't say this about astrology blows my mind. But the reason we know, the reason we use your birth date, is because a scientifically proven event happens when you're born. When you leave your mum and three months before your mum, there are these neutrinos, these tiny little particles that are passing through everything in the galaxy, like everything in the entire universe all the time. And as they move through things, they pick up particles. So when you are born, like when you literally come into the world, these neutrinos are moving through you and they're dropping off pieces. They're dropping off pieces of mercury, not as in, you know, the the, the, um, the chemical mercury, it's in the planet mercury or Pluto or, um, you know, the sun, the earth, like all of these things, they're dropping these parts on in you to influence your energy, right? And this is a proven thing. There is a facility built in Japan to study neutrinos. So we know this is true. We know this happens. Um, And then we look to incredible people um, in the the science world, like Bruce Lipton, who talks, he talks to this in astrology, like it's freaking science. You know, we've got scientific evidence now of these neutrinos and how they work and how they they influence us. Um, So at the end of the day, if you have that conversation and someone's being in resistance to it, well, the science is in. It, we, we have the science to say that this is how it influences us. Um, however, I would always say, but you could ask yourself a better question. Like, does it work for you? Are you open to it? Because that's more important. Because people who are fixed in their mindset, well, they don't have a growth mindset. They're, they're people that they don't want to change. They live way too much in fear than they do in growth. Um, so maybe that isn't even someone that you don't want to be hanging out with. Like, I always joke, like, I would much rather sit at a dinner table with someone I don't like that has an opinion opposing mine so I can learn something than sit next to someone and talk about the weather or what the Kardashians are Oh, my God, the fucking worst. Oh, my God, right? So this is the thing. Like, just be conscious. Like, is this a conversation that you want to be in? Um, But, yeah, the science is actually in. From a quantum physics point of view, like our design is our quantum effectively. So we're constantly... um, you know, creating from our energetic blueprint, which is our design. And, uh, you know, people that question it, again, just help them find the evidence in the past. You know, like I've got so many women who have either done unpacks with me, which is what I call um, instead of readings, because I think a reading, they can sometimes be more unresourceful than resourceful because people just tell you who you are. Yeah. No reader or coach is here to tell you who you are. You're here to discover who you are. It's up to you. Um 
But my unpacks are all about like the coaching, going through the chart, all that sort of stuff. And I get so many partners. Like I'll work with the women and then the men come. And like, as we start the conversation, they're sitting there, their arms across, they're sitting back in the chair. They're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And literally I get, oh, I'm going to say three minutes in and they're sitting close. The arms are uncrossed. They're like, tell me more. Tell me more. How do you know that? Where is that? How do you know? Um, and this is the thing with human design is that it's, it's again, evidence-based. Like it's there. I don't get people going, oh, that's surprising. I didn't know that about myself. I don't get that ever. What I get is, oh my God, I knew that. I knew that. <gasps> really? Really? I'm allowed to be like that in every day? Yeah, 100%. Like it's always validation. It's always like permission to be themselves. Um, you know, there's a couple of times that things don't resonate, but literally in all the years I've been doing this, I'm talking like three, maybe four times. It, I feel like sometimes happen. it also takes time for that to sink in too. Yeah. And I totally yeah. recognize what you're saying because one thing I found in human design when I was like, just like at my lowest, I'm like, why am I even the world? Like, I'm so unhappy. And just like learning about my own chart, I was like, oh, I've always wanted to like do this thing. And like this gate really resonates, but it's probably like a braver, more confident version of me doing that. And that is very inspiring. So mm, it's really I like a tool that gives you permission to be yourself. Not that you need it, but like sometimes yeah. you will just do. But we just do. I think as humans, we really do. Um, and because we're so conditioned to be like everybody else, you know, like humans, um, you know, in the coaching world, like what's one of the first things we do as coaches? We we match, we mirror, we do the things so that we make our, our client feel comfortable. They feel like that we're like them, that they can trust us. Um, and I think that this is, you know, it's human nature to, to be like someone else, but in the same breath, it's our conditioning. We're so conditioned that it's unsafe to be different. And what human design says is bullshit. It's so much more fulfilling to be different. You came here to be unique. Um, and that's the crazy thing is that once we start facing our fears and being different, being unique, trusting ourselves, doing all those things, the things that our mind and our ego tell us was hard and it's going to be awful, that never happens. Like never happens. Everything just flows a hundred times more easily because you're in alignment. You're going with the quantum, with the universe, as opposed to resistant, resisting it. And at the end of the day, if you're suffering in any way, in any part of your life, then you're in resistance to it. That's it. The end. It's the simple truth. Um, so the first thing we have to do is like stop freaking resisting it just stop it stop resisting it lean into it learn something do something uncomfortable move through it let it go move on whatever it is do something because the resistance keeps you trapped yeah I also feel like um with our strategy um that's kind of like how the universe communicates to us and 100%. it's like if you feel that signpost like success for uh, projectors satisfactions for mgs it's like okay keep doing that do more of that but if you feel like you're not self-theme it's like okay maybe pull back and you don't have to yeah. go from zero to a hundred just like do the 10 percent, and then yeah you know uh build trust from there same with like uh trusting your authority I always tell people like okay if you just like don't really know where to start um and just think back when you wanted to follow that sacred response, but you, for some reason, let your head, you know, get the best of you and look what happened. 
um maybe like a really negative experience happened and you're like fuck i should have just listened to my gut um that's how you build trust you fuck up and you learn from the exactly exactly beautifully said you know as said by line three i love it (laughs) (laughs) yeah the line three thing my god like it's probably like the the most useful piece um from my human design that i uncovered yeah, look, I agree. When I first um, discovered my profile, that as I said, human design came to me two times uh, before I actually picked it up. And it was because my profile and the knowledge and I mean, it's much better these days. But when I started, the old knowledge was really negative. And I was like, are you kidding me? I already know things are freaking harder for me. I already know I do things, you know, make more mistakes than other people. And I felt like it was just this, I was doomed to have to be that person forever. Um, and that's not true at all. Like the minute I stopped resisting having to do things a few times to, to work it out. Oh my God, like far out. And it's one of the things that I get as feedback. Like I get feedback so often, like you've inspired me just to take imperfect action. It doesn't matter if I get it wrong. It doesn't matter if I make a mistake. Cause I'm always out there making mistakes. I'm always being authentically myself. Um, but yeah, I think the the line three piece, it, it can be challenging if you resist it, but it's the same with any part of your design. It can be challenging if you resist it. So just throw your arms up in the, in the air, run the experiment, listen to your strategy and authority. Um, and, you know, if you get to live a life like I do, I live in the freaking magic every single day. I live in like the only, like my favorite place in Australia, um, you know, in a house that I love, um, with a family that I adore, with the freedom to go where I want, when I want, you know, making a shit ton of cash, making a difference in this world, you know, like changing lives, like, and, and, you know, you talk about manifesting, oh my God, like I can manifest anything and everything like this, this year, um, with business, we were like our fundamental, like we'll pick a word, let's say, and this is easy and everything is freaking easy. And, you know, whether it's signing up people in a launch for our HDX program, which is like an easier price point, or it's signing up our masterminds. I'm running um, two masterminds, um, which is our high price point. It's all just as easy. It's just easy. And it's because we're all as a team, as a business, you know, me, we're all in alignment. I'm not trying to do something that I'm not designed to do. I'm literally just allowing my strategy and authority to guide me, to build my team, to send me in a certain direction, the the PR that we're doing, like whatever it is, it's because it's coming from my design. Um, And then it just becomes so much easier. doesn't mean I'm not afraid. doesn't mean that there's conversations that I don't want to have. doesn't mean that... um, you know, sometimes it feels hard or difficult. You know, I've just signed up. Someone wants to interview me on a great podcast, but it's 2 a.m. my time because obviously I'm here in Australia. I don't give a shit. I'm getting up at 2 a.m., you know, like, so there's going to be things that that are hard, but it's so worth it. Like for a person who struggled for so much of my life, this is the thing that I would want everyone to hear. Like the other side is so worth it. Yeah, you sound like someone who has really um, gotten comfortable getting uncomfortable. 100%. (laughs) That's why your life is like so magical because I feel like obviously like it's really uncomfortable to go out of your comfort zone, but it's even more uncomfortable staying in your comfort zone, like doing the shit you hate. Yeah. Um, Just because it's like predictable. Exactly. And you, and you feel like when you're in your comfort zone, you're trying to control the world. You're trying to control your external reality. The reason why I'm so good at what I do is because I just like, I don't fucking know, like show me, 
take me the easiest way that you that I can go. I mean, we spent all last year traveling in a caravan around Australia with the family and the the business tripled, you know? And did I if I know if I was going to have internet? Nah. Did I know, you know, launch dates? Did I have to juggle like homeschooling my children? You know, we didn't know where we were going to be. Sometimes we'd be driving all of the, you know, six hours, whatever. But I was just like, it's going to work out. It's all just going to work out. And and it really did. But you have to build the muscle to get to that place. You can't just one day decide, well, that's it. I'm just going to sit here and it's all going to work out. No, it's not <laughs> how energy happen. works. Yeah, 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 that's not how energy works. Yeah, we also like communicate with the universe like by our actions. So um, 100%. there's that. Yeah, um, I'm curious um, how... Do you think your what is it called incarnation cross applies to you? I love this question. So your incarnation cross, uh, Ra Uruhu always talked about it as it's the job description of your aura. Okay, um, you, there's nothing that you need to do. And one of the metaphors I'll often use is, let's say you're sitting on a train, um, and someone sits down next to you, and you're reading a book. And they're like, oh, that looks interesting. Tell me about the book. And you tell them about the book and you're like, oh, look, I've, I can get another copy here. Take it. Um, and then you get up from that train and you walk away. That's your incarnation cross working. Okay. You didn't have to have an intention. You didn't have to take a specific action. Um, you do, It's just working. Both my kids. So my first son, who he's a cross of the sleeping phoenix, the, the, the cross of the sleeping phoenix is here to help people rise from the ashes. Literally from the moment he, he was born, my mental health started to improve. My second son, he is um, across the Sphinx, which is all about taking a new direction. He was born. I started my first business as an entrepreneur out of the advertising industry and became an entrepreneur. So they were newborn babies. They didn't do anything. They just, that's what their energy catalyzes. That's it. What's, what happened? What, what happens? So with your incarnation cross, um, one thing is don't fall into um, any stories of what you should be. So I'm a cross of planning, right? And we're moving out of the cross of planning. So there's lots of talk about what the cross of planning is. And I was always like, nah, nah, that doesn't resonate. Doesn't not resonate. So when I started to ask myself like, okay, what's true for me? I dove into my gates, the shadow of each gate, you know, how I express it. Then I was like, oh, I can kind of see there are some links between the way people talk about the cross of planning and the way I, I express it, but my way of expressing it is very, is different. So with your incarnation cross, um, and one person that I would recommend to go check it out is Brynja Magnuson. She's got the best, what I think is the best incarnation cross book. I actually wrote the forward for it, but Brynja is amazing. She's got a number of awesome products. Um, and yeah, your incarnation cross is going to be something that is a governing theme of your life because it's the most dominant energy within your chart. Um, but with everything, like just discover what's true for you. Like how do you specifically express it as opposed to just letting someone else tell you what is the truth for you? Um, like just one last example, I had, um, I have a, a manifester in HDX and he's a, a cross of rulership. And he was like, I do not like this at all. I don't like the way they, they write about it. I don't feel like I resonate. And then he turns up on a call one day and he's like, I'm absolutely the cross of the tour guide. Like that works for me. So your cross is going to play out. Um, you don't need to do anything about it. It's the job description of your aura. Every time someone comes into your aura, um, it could be doing the work. And again, each um, cross has a different, what we call workload. Um 
But like if you have a heavy workload, I have a heavy workload. So most people that come into my aura in some way, it's doing the job. Whereas my husband, he has a really low workload. Um, and, you know, it's it's rare. But I tell you what, when you, when it's working, you can see it working. He's a cross of obscuration. So it's either about keeping secrets or exposing secrets. So it's this, this, this <laughs> thing that you're like, oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, so that's the incarnation cross. That's the biggest high-level incarnation cross because I'm really super conscious of time. Yeah, I kind of see it as like your essence as a human being and how it's kind of like your shortcut to magnetism, if you will. Um, that's how I kind of see it. Um, you're such a wealth of knowledge. Can you kind of kind of tell me about my incarnation cross? I'm a yeah, my angle cross of contagion three. Well, I suppose the um and off the top of my head, because I mean there are so many, but um one of the things for you, it's all about spreading the message, yeah? All about, um, so Ra-Uruhu was the same cross. So it's very much about someone who is here to share the message. So what's really cool about what you're doing is, A, you've got a podcast, and without looking at there's so many other nuances within, within each chart um, that you can go really deep into, but without knowing any more than that, like you really are here to to focus on the message that you want to share. Um, what are your experiences? What's the knowledge that you're learning? What are the rabbit holes that you're going down? Um, and then just share it, share it with everyone because that's what you're here to do. Okay, that's kind of like what I like perceive. And I was like, no wonder I'm always like talking about what I like and what I'm up to and what I believe. Like, I'm like, do yeah. people care? But then it feels good to do it. And then I feel yeah. like people are like really resonating. Okay, thank you for that. And so yeah, welcome. again, um, I was like looking at your podcast. You can really learn a lot about human design by just listening to the podcast. And um, where can people find you? Well, um, yeah, the podcast, the human design podcast, first place. Um, I'm like anyone who feels like they don't have the money to invest in themselves, just go to the freaking podcast. All you need is your chart. You can get your chart free on my website listen to the podcast, go for gold. Otherwise, I'm the human design coach on Instagram. Um, my website is emmadunwoody.com. Uh, and there's just, there's loads of content everywhere. We're really content heavy uh, because I'm all about making human design simple so that people can actually action it. I don't really care how much people know about it. No, that's I how I feel. <laughs> are they getting the results? That's all that yeah. matters to me. People have to get the results. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you so much for being on here. Um, you shared so much. I'm like, wow, this is like one of the juiciest interviews I've ever had. Awesome, I'm so grateful. Thank you, Emma, for coming on to the podcast. I am so grateful for our conversation. You are truly an inspiration and just a powerful force. And I'm pretty sure everyone in the audience feels it too. Okay, well, I'm sure if you've made it this far, Far, you are pretty stoked on human design and if you want to learn more please go check out emma's podcast the human design podcast her instagram the human design coach everything is linked in the show notes but she provides a lot of helpful content to help you start implementing key aspects of your human design human design is honestly like your blueprint to success so let us know what you think. What are your biggest takeaways? I cannot emphasize enough. Living your human design is all about experimentation. So have fun in the process and keep us updated on how it goes. <laughs>